Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Marionette Theater. It is a beautiful Friday evening. It's 9 p.m. Eastern. And you're joining us for another episode of Matinee Minutia. Please find your seats. An usher will help you. Yeah, that's that's rich, an usher. <laughs> okay. Tonight we are going to be talking about a uh, an early seventies uh, TV series. Yeah, premiered in nineteen seventy two. My partner in crime, Mister Toppy Smelly. How are you tonight, sir? I'm wonderful. I'm good. It's a lovely Friday night, and uh, this is certainly one of my absolutely favorite productions of all time, The Waltons. Excellent. Now, are you uh, counting down the days to Turkey Day? More or less. <laughs> I don't know. You gotta buy that frozen turkey soon so that it can defrost oh you don't have free range there out in the pickle hollows you don't go out and pick your own (laughs) you know what i could but those goddamn butterball turkeys are pre uh moistened what do they call when you when you brine a turkey uh anyways who has time to brine a turkey yourself my whole problem with that, you know, uh, free range thing is, is if I see it and it's running around, I, I, I'm just going to want to give it a name and then it's all over. I can't do that to it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we are here tonight, joined together by a great love of film and television trivia. And we have a couple of folks in the chat room there, Toppy. Uh, could you take a peek over the balcony and let me know who's joined us? Let's see. Oh, we have our pal Tommy, who joins us every week, along with Aunt Tudor, uh, who has been here very, very frequently. Uh, and we're very happy to have them listening to us live, uh, streaming. Uh, DJ, tell the kids out there who are listening to the podcast version how they can tune in to this and experience this live. Alrighty. Well, folks, if you'll trot on over there to Matinee Minutia, that complicated word, M-I-N-U-T-I-A-E dot com. Yeah. DJ, <laughs> why did we decide on that title, which is the most <laughs> difficult two words that nobody knows how to spell? That was smart. Well, Grandma Walton wants you to learn your grammar and your spelling. <laughs> <laughs> but you go on over there to matinemanouche.com. You click on the little radio tower there that says Univaz, because that's our family of programming. And uh, you can listen to the audio. But if you want to be in the chat room where all the fun is at, of course, you click on that little mask symbol there that says Discord. You know, that's the thing that folks who play games use to chat with their team. You can join us right here in our audience. Yeah. And uh, right now, like I said, we've got a chat room and uh, uh, Aunt Tudor and Tommy can talk to each other and they can talk to us and we can see what they say. So it's a lot of fun. It's a fun way to participate in the show, which remember, we do live streaming every first and third Friday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So join us. You know, speaking of Turkey Day, Toppy, I wonder what our showgirl is up to this year. Now, I've heard stories that she likes to dress up for the holidays. And (laughs) I think that there were pictures circulating that last year at the home, she was dressed as a pilgrim. Uh, Yeah. Listen, you know, I, 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 I've seen the pictures. What about them? No, uh, 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 Gertie, that you, you look wonderful. You look. Uh, I should hope so. Do you know what it, what it took for me to get into that costume? You want to talk about a girdle? Okay, a girdle. Ah, it was horrible. Anyways, I had fun. Okay, all right. Well, ma'am, could you uh, go ahead and uh, get yourself on downstairs there to the stage? Uh, We would like to introduce the program for tonight, please. Okay, don't rush me. I'm on my way. All right, thank you, Gertie. (laughs) All right. Mm -hmm. Woo, woo. Ah, 
Mama woman sure wouldn't approve of me dancing like that. <laughs> oh, um, uh, hey, turkeys, it's time to settle in for some down-home feasting. Blue Ridge Mountain style. Eldest son, John Boy, struggles with his college application after an accident just as his old flame returns. Daughter Mary Ellen is trying out for the lead in the Harvest play. And younger brother Jason tries to get his first turkey with Grandpa's help. Everyone's getting ready for the big event. Put up your feet. Take off your shoes. Because <laughs> they don't have many ways. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, Join us at the table. That's the Walton's table. Roll em, boys. What do you get when you take a dash of the silver screen? A pinch of golden oldies and a smidgen of screaming. It's time for Matinee Minutia with your host, DJ and Toppy. Okay, folks, so we are joined together by a great love of film and television trivia. And as the senior showgirl there, the lady behind the, the candy counter, has told you tonight, we're going to be talking about a very special episode. Toppy, what are we talking about? Well, we're talking about the Waltons in general, a 1970s uh, uh, TV show that was much beloved by... Uh, American audience and internationally. And specifically, we asked people to watch just because Thanksgiving's coming up. We just suggested that people listen to an episode called The Thanksgiving Story, which ran as a two hour episode um, in the second season. And uh, the story was that uh, the main protagonist John Boy Walton needed to take his college tests to uh, enter into Boatwright University but before he could do it an accident uh, gave him a head injury and it complicated things and uh, and the episode progresses to show how the family and John Boy overcame this head injury to uh, take a life-threatening chance uh, to do the test against doctor's wishes. So that was the Thanksgiving story, and uh, that was the 1970s mega-hit TV show, The Waltons. So before we begin the discussion on what went into the program uh, tonight, we're going to talk a little bit about what was going on in the world, and we like to set the stage, and this is The World in 1973. In 1973, Elvis Presley's concert in Hawaii is the first worldwide telecast by an entertainer, and it's watched by more people in the Apollo moon landings. Talk about those blue suede shoes. Hey, wow, that's amazing. President Richard Nixon, uh, tricky-dicky, he announced Ooh. the suspension of offensive action in North Vietnam. In other words, the, uh, the Vietnam conflict, is, uh, as it's also known, U.S. involvement ends and prisoners of war are released. Well, that's all part of his announcement there. The U.S. Supreme Court overturned a state ban on abortion. This was known as Roe versus Wade. And we've never heard the end of it since. No, that is 73 and then the first. Now, can you imagine? No. I, I, I don't remember even having my first cell phone until the eh, late 90s. And, you know, it was what they would have called a brick phone. Uh, yes. But the first handheld cellular phone call 
is made by Martin Cooper in New York City of all places in 1973. So almost a couple of decades before the rest of us would have one in our pocket. Uh, okay, this is such an unusual fact, DJ. I just wonder, do we know who Martin Cooper is? Is anybody special or just the first guy that bought one of these phones? <laughs> I think he worked for the company that made it, and I wouldn't be surprised if it was Motorola. Motorola, yeah. Jeez, you know, might have been Motorola or who who else was in there at the beginning? I want to say, who who are the people that did the telegrams? Oh, um, um, Western Union? Western, weren't they in on it at the beginning? Maybe. So also in 73, if you think about it that far back, the World yeah. Trade Center officially opened in New York City and there was a ribbon cutting ceremony. So, you know, uh, uh, unfortunately, they were only up for, you know, a couple of decades or so. That's but, amazing. But they came up in 73. Jeez. The, and then uh, lastly, in 73, now this is quite an important one, folks. The American Psychiatric Association removes homosexuality from its handbook. Oh, my God. Who are we in the dinosaur? Hey, was 1973 when the dinosaurs walked, DJ? I, you know, it was uh, not that long after Stonewall, and we finally started getting our rights. Yeah. So that was so, the world in 1973. And uh, keep in memory, uh, keep in mind, folks, as you listen, uh, what you just heard, because this is the atmosphere that the Waltons came into. The Waltons, a story about a family during the Depression that came through trials and tribulations and remained a family and always felt richer than they ever were. It didn't have car chases. It didn't have fights. It didn't have courtroom scenes. Uh, and it didn't take place in a hospital. It was uh, truly unique uh, that this show found its footing at, at the time that it did at that time in history. So think of all that, the Vietnam War, Watergate, et cetera, et cetera. It's amazing. Now, uh, uh, let's, let me just mention a few celebrity births during this time. Neil Patrick Harris, our buddy, our pal, uh, was born uh, in 72 or 73. I'm not sure which. Uh, then Juliet Lewis, I love her. She, I think she's an amazing actress. Uh, Keir, uh, Kristen Wiig. DJ, who is she? Well, to, to backpedal a little bit, uh, if you're not familiar with the works of Mr. Neil Patrick Harris, he starred in the early 90s uh, comedy as a child actor, Doogie Howser. Uh, he was a, a childhood area child doctor who graduated in his early teens. Uh, Juliette Lewis, of course, uh, has been in many things, but was the daughter in uh, Christmas Vacation. Kristen uh, Wiig, you're asking, Toppy. Yeah, I don't know her. Now, just a handful of years ago, she starred in an installment in the Ghostbusters movie with uh, with Melissa McCarthy. I thoroughly enjoyed, uh, you know, didn't rake it into the box office, but that's, right. that's my track record. So that was the uh, all-female version remake, right? It was, and Kristen Wiig has also recently, for the last few years, been a staple of the Saturday Night Live cast. She has since uh, announced her exit of that show in the coming season. All right. Uh, DJ Ant Tudor in the chat room says that he was born in 1970, barely a 70s boy. <laughs> uh, so that's, uh, I, yeah, that's a, uh, a wonderful decade to grow up in, as far as I'm concerned, Aunt Tudor. Uh, I was uh, right around behind you about 10 years, born in 62 myself. <laughs> so who else was born in the 72, 73 period? Well, uh, we got the comedian Dave Chappelle, uh, controversial, but still out there doing stuff. His latest thing was on Netflix, I think. And lastly, 
Uh, here's just another name I don't know, DJ Phyllison, if you can, <laughs> Mario Lopez. Oh, Mario Lopez. Well, he was a, well, still is uh, kind of a the, the heartthrob type. Uh, in his teen years, he was a star on Saved by the Bell on NBC. So it was a high school uh, sitcom. And of course, now Hallmark movies quite often about the holidays. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, DJ, tell us about what was uh, competing with the premiere season of The Waltons. Now, this is interesting, folks, because there wasn't anything like The Waltons on TV before, maybe since. But this is what was competing with The Waltons. Tell Are you still there, Toppy? Yeah. Okay, you cut out for only a moment there. Okay. So in 73, uh, the other things that were on TV at the time competing for your attention. And now, um, granted, the, the Waltons, they they may have changed their time slot day of the week uh, over the course of their nine-year run. Actually, that's not true. They, no? Uh, no, DJ, they started out on Thursday nights at 8 p.m., and that's where they stayed oh, for, goodness. Nine, for nine years. Oh, so Thursday's 8, 8 o'clock, and they were on CBS, you know, the, the eyeball there. Um, well, the other shows that were airing at that time on ABC. We had a show called Chopper One, and I, I do believe that that was sort of a uh, a police or a uh, yeah. emergency show where they, they airlifted people a lot. Mm-hmm. It, bit, it bit the big one pretty fast. <laughs> and then on NBC, because you know the big three, NBC, the Peacock, they had the Flip Wilson show, which was a variety program with the it comedian. Yes, it was wildly popular. The Flip Wilson Show, groundbreaking uh, uh, vehicle for a black comedian, Flip Wilson, who really made a splash on TV. But believe it or not, believe it or not, the Waltons uh, forced him off the air. <laughs> and then rounding it out in uh, the 73 year on TV, we had a little program called The Mod Squad. Another police drama, uh, which was uh, what was going on back then? A variety shows, police dramas, medical dramas. Eh, there, there were some sitcoms, but sitcoms like Mary Tyler Moore hadn't quite. Uh, Maybe we're just beginning at that time. All in the family, maybe just beginning. Uh, MASH was just beginning. So there was a resurgence of half-hour sitcoms. But at that time, really, before then, it was the one-hour drama, uh, police shows, uh, 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 legal shows, blah, 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 medical shows uh, that were really out there at the time. So the Waltons was dramatically different dj please let's play that wonderful theme song from the waltons
What a lovely, quaint country setting tune. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, the theme was created by a um, super well-known uh, composer for Hollywood, Jerry Goldsmith. No. Oh, no. What was it? Uh, Jerry. Yes, Jerry Goldsmith. Did I get it right? Okay. You did. And I have it under good authority that Mr. Goldsmith has done some work for the science fiction realm, a little thing called Star Trek. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Uh, he did all of uh, the revived Star Trek series, Voyager, Deep Space Nine. So super well known. But way back in 1972, uh, he was doing stuff for TV. And that was one of his uh, themes. And uh, he, of course, nobody knew him back then. But uh, after everything he had done, we all know Jerry Goldsmith today. So, Toppy, we have a uh, cast full of talent here on this show. And uh, we should start off by talking about the star who was the big vehicle for this program about a family in the the foothills there. Well, so we'll just start with Richard Thomas, who headed the cast um, when he started on the Waltons. He was a mere 21-year-old, or thereabouts anyways. And he's an American actor, best known for being John Boy Walton on the Waltons. Uh, he won one Emmy Award and was nominated several other times and also won two Golden Globe Awards for his role as John Boy. Uh, you might also know him from, oh, so many uh, made-for-TV movies. And uh, one of them, of course, is Stephen King's many series as it appeared on TV so long ago, it, uh, which was recently redone. Uh, but, um, uh, also more recently, Richard Thomas played special agent, Frank Gad, God, I'm not sure which on FX's spy thriller, the Americans. Uh, he has, uh, had a career on stage, uh, some extent a movie, by the way, we, uh, right here on matinee minutia talked about, uh, you'll like my mother, which as you remember, uh, had Richard Thomas in the cast as well as the actress who in the Thanksgiving story portrays John boy's girlfriend. Uh, that is the same actress uh, whose real name I do not have at the moment. Uh, but uh, she played Jenny, uh, John Boy's flame in the Thanksgiving story. Um, and, you know, I can only speculate that somebody saw them together and thought they had chemistry. I don't know. Or maybe Richard Thomas recommended the actress to be in the Waltons. At any rate, um, Richard Thomas was the lead actor, carried the series. He was the the person who portrayed um, the person who remembered these stories that happened long ago in the Depression era. Who else did we have? Uh, uh, DJ? Well, we had the starring as the father, Mr. Walton John. Uh, in a, you know, in other words, he'd be senior in, in other families. Uh, and of course, Richard Thomas's character is John Boy. Now, that's that's kind of a, a countryism there. You know, these folks are uh, out in the corner of Virginia, there in the hills, and uh, you know where technology has barely touched. They they've got running water and electricity, but that's about it. Yeah, no telephone. And not for a while, and uh, well, uh, the uh, head of the household, Mister Walton, is played uh, by Rolf Waite. Now, Mister Waite 
was born in 28, so, uh, you know, he was he was uh, just before he was middle-aged doing this show. But I'm sure that it, uh, you know, sparked some nostalgia because this was set in a time when he would have been a, a small boy. Now, uh, he is an American actor and political activist. He's best known for his role as the father on the Waltons. Uh, for those nine seasons, and uh, he occasionally directed the show. Now, he also had a recurring role in NCIS. Uh, you know, it's one of those uh, those crime shows, and his character was Jackson Gibbs, and he was the father of Leroy Jethro Gibbs, and he was on Bones as Seely Booth's grandfather. Now, Waite had supporting roles in movies like Cool Hand Luke in 67, just a handful of years before the Waltons. So, you know, somebody uh, in the the creative uh, department there at the studio probably thought, hey, this guy was good in that movie. Let's put him in the show. And uh, he's also in a movie called Five Easy Pieces in 1970. In 71, oh, he was busy for a while there. He was in the Grissom Gang. And then later on, after the Waltons had been off the air for a while, a decade or so, The Bodyguard in 92. And in 93, he was in a film called Cliffhanger. And in real life, Ralph Waite, had been a Presbyterian pastor before he gained this role. Yeah, before he uh, he got addicted very late in life, but before then, um, among many other things that he was doing, he did become a pastor. Uh, by the way, in real life, uh, the actor who put, portrayed his uh, second son, uh, Jason, um in real life, he got married during the course of the television series, and as did uh, several other of the children, because it went on for so long. But um, Ralph Waite uh, was the real-life person who married uh, um, the actor who portrayed Jason John Walmsey. I think that was his name. Um Anyways, just a bit of trivia. Now, uh, portraying the uh, mother was Michael Leonard, and you did hear that right. Michael was her first name, Learned. She was born on April 9th, 1939, and she was also best known for her long-running appearances on The Waltons. Get this, she won the Emmy Award for Outstanding Lead Actress in the Waltons three times for Ooh. the Waltons. That should tell you something. Uh, and she won a fourth uh, Emmy for her role in a short-lived TV series called Nurse in 1982. She uh, has done lots of stage and other roles since and before. And uh, just seemed born to play Olivia Walton. And who played the grandfather, well, DJ? Toppy, before we get on to the grandparents, just wanted to do a quick side note, something I was remembering. Mr. Ralph Waite, the father, well, in real life, uh, when he retired from acting, he went into public service and he ran for an office that was vacated when uh, uh, Cher's late husband, Sonny Bono, passed away. Oh. Now, Mr. Waite, all unfortunately though lost out to Sonny Bono's uh, widow so uh, but anyways uh, moving on to the the senior members of the Walton family because this is a multi-generational home we've got the the children growing up with mom and dad but grandma and grandpa were also along for the ride it was a, a you know a family home and uh, grandpa the, the pillar of the family there w was played by Will Gear, and uh, he he grew up during the time this was depicting the Depression. He was just born after the turn of the century in 02, and uh, he was a social activist who was active in labor organizing and other movements in New York and Southern California in the 30s and the 40s, the time frame for this show. And in California, he befriended rising singer Woody Guthrie. Some of you may know of this uh, artist. And uh, I, I would say that uh, his music's considered to be of the folk era, correct? Or that, that genre yes. copy? Yes, okay. absolutely. Yes. Folk music. He was, uh, 
he Woody Guthrie just toured the country with his guitar and played regional uh, songs uh, that 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 you know had had been around for years and years and years, but he recorded them and they they became um, therefore uh, uh, what I want to say. It was important. His work was important because he took these old songs and and recorded them, and and now they're saved for for posterity. Uh, that's p- part of uh, what he loved doing. And so, Mister Gear had a celebrated career, and uh, just to touch on a couple of uh, other parts here, he acted on stage in New York and in Eastern theaters and in California for film. Best known for portraying uh, Grandpa Walton. Now. He was called Zeb by short by his wife and uh, some of the family, but it was short for Zebulon. I'm not sure that sound almost almost sounds biblical to me. <laughs> well, it was, yeah. And uh, his character was the patriarch of the family. Now, uh, Mr. Gear won an Emmy at least once for the Walton, so he was known uh, for his craft and. Uh, Mr. Gear, well, he uh, he was um, you know on a, on a list of actors that uh, we didn't associate with. There was a little thing called McCarthyism uh, back in the in the fifties there because we were afraid that these folks were conspiring with the communists, and uh, they they created a list of actors that you don't want to give these folks work because they're not Americans. Yeah, he was blacklisted in it. Uh, successfully ended his acting career until he made a comeback in the sixties on stage and in the movies. But, uh, uh, you know, like so many uh, people in Hollywood, it it just put an X uh, just halted his career altogether. Now, Toppy, before we continue on with the remainder of the cast, we've reached about the halfway mark of the show. Is there anything special you'd like to entertain our uh, audience with? Yeah, um, I think the one that was about three minutes long. What does clip three say, DJ? Okay, the, the children. So I'll, that's actually a little short of that, but I'll go ahead um, and play that if you want. No, play. Um, what was? What are some of the other? Ones? Oh, uh, boy and father. No, uh, the longest one's four minutes, sir. That's the one you want to play okay. right there. So, folks, uh, it is uh, the halfway mark of the show. If you'll, uh, you know, need to stand up and stretch your legs, take a break, go ahead and visit our senior showgirl behind the candy counter there and get some treats. Or stay and listen to this amazing clip. She's tired and disappointed. Tomorrow when she feels... Tomorrow your mama's going to start using the wheelchair. I don't see how you can say that. You should know as well as I do that she can't stop trying to walk. You and I were the ones that started this whole thing. She's done her best. We all have. Now it's just no use. I don't believe that. There's strength in her legs and I'm not going to let her give up. John Boy, will you stop tormenting her and yourself? The only way your mom is going to get any peace of mind is to resign herself to God's will. You think it's God's will that mom will spend the rest of her life in a wheelchair or hobbling around on crutches? So it seems. Well, if that's your God, Grandma, I won't accept his will for mom or myself. John Boy. You better go after him, son. Well, I hope you run yourself out, son. I sure have. Way to drop. But be careful, son. You never know when a piece of that earth is going to drop off. I guess in this world, you just can't count on anything, can you? I just don't believe that, John Boy. Mama's given up. She's given up. Grandma says that's for the best. She says we have to accept that as God's will. I think maybe your grandma's right. Oh, Daddy. Oh, 
all my life I've been preached to about this God of love and mercy watching over us. You just show me one thing that's loving and merciful about this. I don't know that I can, son. Of course you can. What kind of a God would do this? You sure he hasn't kept up his part of the bargain, huh? He hasn't. Well, maybe that's because it's your bargain, not his. You know, I don't know much about this personal God that your mom and your grandma believe in, but I do know there's a power working in our lives, protecting us, blessing us all these years, son, and we've accepted those blessings. Now it's time for us to accept the other. That's you saying that? You're saying that to me? You? That's like lying down. That's like that's like quitting. That's like looking up at the sky and saying, okay, Lord, it's all right with me if it's your will. I don't accept that, Daddy, and I don't see how you can accept that. Now listen, son, it's not my way to lie down, let life kick me in the face, and yet not your mama's way either. I mean, things you can change, you gotta try to change, but some things you can't change in life. And standing around shaking your fist at the sky's not going to change him. It may make you feel better for a minute or two, but it doesn't change anything, Daddy, son. Daddy, you listen to me. When I was a little boy, I worshipped you. I worshipped the ground you walked on. And I tried with all my heart to believe everything you told me. And I tried to be just like you. But right now, we've come to a fork in the road, and I just don't believe one word you're saying to me. John, boy, you're going to have to find your own answer, son. But this much I do know. Good times and bad times come to all of us. And what counts, what counts, son, is the way you take them. What you let those times do to you, that's what counts, son. It's not enough for me. John, boy, that's all I got to say to you. I'm sorry it's not enough, Daddy. So back in the day, everyone else was doing car chases and uh, punch em up fights. And the Waltons offered material like that. And it's one of the reasons why this show shot to number one uh, for so many years. The writing, the topics, people, you know joked about it being so saccharine and so goody tooty tutu and ah uh, the Waltons it was a bit of a joke but in reality these characters had fights with each other they had conflicts they didn't always agree they dealt with life and death in a way that <laughs> Other shows did car chases. So uh, that's just an example of um, how powerful the show came across to people, even if they didn't want to tell people at the water cooler at work that they watched the Waltons. Uh, people watched the Waltons. <laughs> they may not have said so because it just everyone well there was just this corny factor but people watched it so toppy before we go on to the creative cast we have one more member of the family to talk about here so uh let us know a little bit about miss ellen corby so she played the grandmother she was born in 1911 uh and she is also best remembered for her role of esther Grandma won. And uh, she won three Emmy Awards for this role. Uh, she was also nominated uh, back in the day for an Academy Award um, and won a Golden Globe Award for her performance as Aunt Trina in I Remember Mama, 1948. And uh, she provide her character and what she wanted to do and she was allowed to do on the Waltons was just to provide a little bit of spice 
because she portrayed grandma as not always cute and cuddly. Uh, grandma was a little abrasive and it was a lovely contrast between the rest of the cast and Will Gear. And uh, together, Corby and Gear uh, developed because they had the time uh, these characters into this wonderful couple. And again, on American television, nobody cared about people who were old. And yet, here were two old people that were so prominent in this television show. And, of course, in real life, they were old. Uh, that just didn't happen. But it happened on the show, um, and it's kind of amazing. Now, uh, some of the things that I learned while doing the research on this show that I found rather interesting was that, of course, the, the actors behind the scenes are, you know, all people that keep in touch with each other here and there. And um, Ellen Corby and Will Gear, they were friends outside of the studio. Now, Toppy, have you heard the story about what happened in the later years of the show with Ellen? Are you talking about a stroke? Yeah. Do you, do you know the um, the details of, of how she was found? Uh, oh, I guess not how she was found. Go ahead. And well, uh, basically, there's a few versions of the story of how it was learned that Ellen Corby had had a stroke in the later seasons of the show. But basically, they were uh, having a day of filming, and she didn't report to the set. And her her co-star, Will Gear, that played her husband, Grandpa, was concerned, and he helped... He he directed the the producer and uh, you know maybe the director over to Ellen Corby's home. They took her over to her residence, and that's where she was found, having recently had a stroke. Now I'm not sure if it was that same day, but it was suggested it was within a few hours. So uh, they they quite literally saved her life through their friendship. Uh, Will Gear suspected something might be wrong, went to her house. I didn't know that. That's interesting. But I'm not surprised because the cast was together for so long and, you know, spent 13, 14 hours a day on set, which was almost longer than they spent with their real families. And they, you know, developed relationships and got to know each other. Now, I'm not going to – I can't say this for absolute sure because I don't remember the source – um, I think it's pretty well known that Will Gear was gay, uh, but Ellen Corby, from what I understand, and don't quote me, but she was a lesbian. She she never had children. She never married. She died with her longtime companion, another woman. And I just think it's interesting that these two actors that played Grandma and Grandpa were gay and uh, just developed an on-screen and off-screen relationship the way that they did. Hmm. And uh, it, it's uh, very heartening to watch the scenes they have together. If we have time, I'll talk about some of the episodes Toppy recommended to me as kind of a, you know, a, 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 a primer on the Waltons. Because before watching the Thanksgiving story, I have had a course seen clips here and there of the Waltons. Now, um, it was no longer airing when I grew up, so by the time I was in this world, it was reruns. And now in my house, we watched Little House on the Prairie because my dad was all about Ted Turner's brand new TBS channel. And just like you learned last year, we, we watched one of T uh, TV's first original shows on a non-network station that was... Um, called uh, Down to Earth, came out in 87. But uh, anyways, so the Waltons, the Thanksgiving story, and John Boy is taking his test so that he could go off to college. Now, I don't know about the rest of you, but speaking as someone who was once a small-town boy, 
this is a very important moment in a young man's life, especially if you have any aspirations of seeing any part of the world outside of your one horse town. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we have, uh, you know, we have our quorum of the cast here. And uh, we have a moment before we can talk about the creative cast, if you want to. Did you have another clip you wanted to play, sir? Um, Yeah, play. Oh, gosh, I don't have them in front of me. What are the, I'm sorry, folks, what are the other clips? Would you like to hear the turkey hunt? Let's play that and then stand by because we're going to play another one. Um, John's advice to John Boy. Okay, do you so see that one? I do. Then that All one. right, we're, we're going to play those in close succession, but I got something to say in between. Okay, so it's time for the turkey hunt. <laughs> we are getting close. All right. He's your boy, John. This being John's first hunt. Why don't we let him take the first shot? Sir, couldn't be no other way. Now, boy, now. Now. What happened? Can't do that. So that uh, was a scene from uh, the hunt. It was the first season, and it showed John Walton taking his some good old boys out into the woods to hunt turkey. They take along John Boy for his first turkey hunt, and he can't pull the trigger. He just can and so we've got John the father, a very masculine figure, authoritative. Um, John Boy worships him, wants to be like him, and he can't pull the trigger. And I can't tell you how much that is like my relationship with my father. Um, and I think so many people of my age, when they saw this, just related to this so much and dj play the next clip which took place many years later john boy is no longer a youthful teen he is about to leave home leave walton's mountain to pursue his own career he's sitting down with his father who has long since understood that his son wants to be a writer and not work in the mill with him. Uh, And here's their parting words before John leaves home. No one man can tell another man how to live. In the long run, I guess every man has to do what he has to do. Some of us grow up these families become wood choppers, others go into politics or get rich in the stock market. And though we all grow old and die, the important thing is to, is to find someone you can love, someone who can love you back. Get work that can pay the bills, work that you can get some satisfaction from. Well, I have that. Always pay your debt, son. Don't take unfair advantage of any man. And don't let any man take unfair advantage of you. Find yourself a good woman. Remember, you're my son. Yes, sir. So one of the strongest parts of this series is that it had continuity. The stories would reflect upon old stories and things would happen that reminded you of 
a year ago on another episode, and it all seemed to connect and flow, and it felt like a real family that was growing up. And it it's it just if I feel, if I sound like I'm uh, just over exuberant about this series, it's because I am. I grew up with this series. Uh, in 72, I, w- I was in grade school. I watched it all the way through till I was in college. And I'll just tell you the most meaningful part of, uh, for me, uh, um, watching this series was after my grandfather died in 74, so that was two years into the series, I uh, took to the habit of of going up to my grandmother's house, and she and I, on Thursday night, would watch the Waltons together for years. And then, of course, I, I went away to college, and shortly thereafter, the series ended. Years later, in 2006, I guess, I returned to my hometown to live in my grandmother's house during the last year of her life when she wasn't doing well. And I took care of her and made her meals and, and, and just made sure she was safe. And one of the things I did was get out all of my old VHS tapes, which I had recorded off of TNN or something, whoever was playing the Waltons. And after all those years, Grandma and I sat down to watch these episodes again, which mostly she didn't remember. But uh, but somehow it just it just was important to me for so many years, and I guess that's why I'm a, such a, a freak for the Waltons. <laughs> Well, Toppy, before we wind things up, because we are getting towards the end of the show, we're going to talk about the folks that made this show. So Mr. Earl Hammer, he was the creator and producer. He was the kingpin, the guy who uh, this story was loosely based upon his life. He was an American television writer and producer. And uh, Mr. Earl Hammer, now, he was best known for his work in the 70s and 80s on long-running shows like The Waltons, but he also, on the other side of that coin, because The Waltons, they were they were a, uh, you know, a family getting by with modest means, you know, working for a living. On the other side of that coin was Falcon Crest. We had the, the rich folks living a life of opulence. <laughs> That's true. Uh he uh, was the uh, creator of of that uh, kind of uh, soap along the lines of Dallas. And about a decade before the Waltons, he did a film called Spencer's Mountain. So it was the first attempt at telling his story. And this film that came out in 63 starred none other than Henry Fondra and Maureen O'Hara. Now, I tell you, with a cast like that, I have been te- I have been tempted to go out and find this movie because I want to see it. Well, I have seen it, and it is the story of the Waltons um, as Earl Hamner crafted it at that time uh, for a movie, and uh, it was based on his novel. So Earl Hamner, well. Yeah. The Waltons was very autobiographical for him, and um, and he was telling stories of his own youth, and they were based. The stories were based on his own experiences, and uh, this this uh, the story of his family. Um, uh, he tried to to. to get into a novel uh, in the early 60s and then, and then it became this movie and then you know a decade later on television it became uh, the, uh, the, uh, the the homecoming a christmas story which was the pilot for the waltons so earl hamner is so important uh, to the waltons he created it he produced it 
and he wrote many, many episodes, and uh, it was all based on his remembrance of uh, remembrances of growing up in the Depression. And DJ, uh, let's play that. Uh, I think it's clip two. Uh, it's uh, the interview. Earl Hamner interview. Okay, and then uh, when we come back in a moment, folks, we're going to let you know what's coming up. Yeah, and er, by the way, Earl Hamner uh, was the narrator for the Waltons. He would open, the show would open uh, and close with narration uh, uh, from basically, well, John Boy remembering that uh, that story, uh, but Earl Hamner himself, the writer and creator of the Wombs, was the voice of the narrator. There was some hesitation at C- uh, some hesitation at CBS. They didn't know whether they wanted a half-hour show or a two-hour show or a one-hour show, so it became a one-hour show. Once that was done, um, it got around the industry that this was a show about uh, poor people living in the depression years in the backwoods of Virginia. And everybody said, well, that won't last. And consequently, uh, I had practically no interference in doing the scripts. They let me alone, which is again a great luxury. And um, uh, once in a while I would get some notes from uh, minor executives at CBS. Um, and, so, and, uh, and half the time I just say I don't have time to do those. And so these scripts, the sense of self-serving, as if I'm wonderful, and I do have some good qualities, but these, these scripts reflect the best that I could do, and, uh, with, and they reflect me, not uh, net notes from a network person, and, and not uh, some twisted thing that emerges when there are too many cooks who truly do spoil the broth. Uh, those early scripts were... Uh, either my direct work or the work of some extraordinarily gifted writers who, who did work on the series and uh, and good directors and of course marvelous actors and there you go uh, DJ lead us out where where are we heading next alrighty folks so uh, the uh, marionette theater has a celebrated history and uh, there's trinkets and every room we found a bag of magic coins we know they're magic because they belong to a magician that's right and uh, when we pop one of these into the gumball machine out in our lobby it tells us what's coming up next all right give me one of them there coins dj okay hand that over to me there sir all right here you go Okay, so next time on Matinee Minutia, Friday, December 5th, which is three weeks away, because we do this only twice a month, first and third Friday of the month, we're going to be watching an early 90s made-for-television holiday movie, because it's going to be the holiday season. And this stars Australian singing sensation and former greaser Olivia Newton-John. She plays a store mannequin who's brought to life because a little girl makes a wish. And uh, she's missed her mom who passed away some years ago. This also stars Everybody Loves Raymond's Doris Roberts as the store's Good Samaritan. <laughs> Wait, just one tip. DJ, are you telling me, mm-hmm. uh, is this a Hallmark movie presentation? Well, you would think so, but it was actually a Disney oh. uh, TV movie, and it's called A Mom for Christmas. Next time on Matinee Minutia. All right, we're getting uh, into the holiday uh, mood with a little crema story. It sounds lovely. I think, uh, DJ, w- did we not do uh, an episode about a mannequin who comes to life? <laughs> <laughs> yes, back at uh, the uh, Valentine's Day around then, we had uh, Mr. Matt Burlingame from Chubbs Gone Wild. We talked about the film from 87 with uh, 
oh uh, Kim Cattrall and um, I'm forgetting her co-star there in Mannequin but this yeah. is another story about a mannequin and right. uh, it has a special place in my heart because uh, you know I was uh, possibly in junior high or so and uh, it it follows the story of a little girl who um, she, you know she lost her mom a few years before and um, what I didn't mention is that her father who's still in the picture is too busy with his work to pay attention to his daughter so she wants a mom for Christmas for the holidays to spend time with all right okay Excellent. so thank you the uh, everyone in the chat room for joining us And uh, let us know who we had in our, our audience there, Toppy. Well, uh, we had the appearing and reappearing Cronehaven. Uh, we have uh, Tommy. We have Aunt Tudor. And also Marin Gertz joined us somewhere in there and has been with us for most of the little shoe. Thank you, everybody, for coming together and being in our chat room on our live that name Anusha. Now, folks, remember there is not another live show this month. We've got Turkey Day coming up. So the next time we're going to get together will be the first Friday in December. And that's going to be December 5th. So if without further ado, say Indeed. good night, Gracie. Good night, Gracie. Thank you for listening to Matinee Minutia. Our show streams live on the first and third Friday of the month. Go to univazpods.net, click the tower for audio, enter Discord for chat. You can find our show anywhere you listen to podcasts. Visit our webpage at matineeminutia.com. Tweet us on Twitter at matineeminutia. Find our group on Facebook. Have an idea for a show? Or let us know how we're doing. Email us at matineeminutia at gmail.com. Chubb's Gone Wild with Matt and Tom. Speak up. The smell cast by Tommy Smelly. Be heard. Tastes like burning with Tim and James. Unique voices in podcasting. The Shy Life Podcast with me, Paul the Shy Yeti. Univazpods.net.